Hey everybody, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, we're coming off the PGA Championship. The Wanamaker Trophy gets hoisted a second time by Justin Thomas. Of course, we're about to get you ready for the Charles Schwab Challenge. But before we do, we'd like to take a look back. And with it being the day behind a major championship being handed out, we will take a a little longer look, I would think. But, Skeeter, your thoughts on the tournament, Tulsa, Oklahoma. The wind was certainly there for some time. But uh, the guy that came out of the wrong T-wave is the guy who won. What are your thoughts on all this? Um, the youth movement continues to be present. I mean, that fi- those final, the final two groups, when you see Zalatoris, Pereira, Young, and Fitzpatrick. Like, Fitzpatrick's still, I think, in his 20s as well. Like, he looks late, tw- late 20s, but, um, just, it was like you kept waiting, you kept waiting, and it finally happened, but, like, I, I realized Mito struggled on Sunday, but there were times that he would just kind of bounce back. Every time Zalatoris looked like he was done. He bounced back. Cam Young couldn't really make a putt, but he was kind of hanging around. Fitzpatrick really never got going, it felt like. You had Rory, who was caught on fire at the start of Sunday. You thought, oh, here we go. And then he kind of cooled off. It was JT, who in the end kind of caught fire in the back nine in the playoff. But it was, um, boy, it got full of drama real quick. It did. I thought it was very enjoyable to watch. I thought uh, the PGA Championship... I'm not going to tell you it's going to be the best major of the year, but it's delivered again. I mean, between Phil last year at Kiowa, Colin Morikawa with the the stones on that tee shot on, I think it was 16 the year before in San Francisco, like uh, 17. Yeah, I mean, again, the uh, the PGA Championship delivers. It may not be, you know, the Masters. It may not be the Open that everybody can get into or the U.S. Open, but – I think it gets kind of marked as the fourth major of the four, but it seemingly is one of the most enjoyable, exciting ones. I don't know. It's also been hosted at here in Kentucky at Valhalla, and it's been hosted at Kew Island where I've played, so maybe I'm partial to this tournament more so than most people, but BGA Championship delivers once again, man. Right, and even if you want to go back, I mean, Beth Page, Brooks was storming the field, and he tried to, he, he got a little, he has, I think, a seven-shot lead going into Sunday, and it kind of got close, and then, I mean, of course, I got to play the media around there, but Bell Reeve, remember that one? Like, Tiger trying to chase down Brooks. You had, uh, I think Ricky was involved, Thomas. I mean, that was just a crazy, you know, like the roars at Bell Reeve were there. So, dare I say it might be a better tournament than the U.S. Open? Because at least yes, we're not worried about, you know, even par or whatever the USGA is going to do, even though they've gotten a little bit better throughout the years, but... The PGA, I mean, their courses are fair. I mean, this was tough. My only complaint was, do we need really need three par threes over 225 yards? And, you know, 255 for one of them yesterday. I'm like, oh my God, I'm hitting driver, and then exactly. I'm hoping to hit wedge afterwards. But I don't have the clubs, you know, the distance they do. But yeah, those there was some crazy long par threes. I mean, it's like, I don't mind long par threes, but do we really need three of them at 225 plus? Like, I don't know. Nah. You know, maybe cut back on one, but that would be my only complaint. Um, no, because it was, I mean, it was amazing the tiers of those um, greens, too, just the different levels there were. But, no, I thought it was an enjoyable, fair contest. Like, you saw people have birdie streaks, and then amazing they'd go on bogey streaks. Like, it was just, it was so up and down, and 
again, I mean, like Zalatoris, every time I'm thinking, okay, I had none of him. I kind of needed him to disappear for, you know, for my lineups, but he never did. Like, he bogeyed, and within a hole or two, okay, he'd get right back. Like, there was some resilience, and, and you know, you, you feel bad for him because he's so close. Like, he's done so well, and, man, he just – he's always, like, one shorter, you know, in the playoff. I didn't think he did – I didn't think he played bad in the playoff. JT just played better. Yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, honestly, he hit the better group of shots but didn't eagle – on the par five, JT made the birdie with the more traditional three-shot birdie um, or three-shot approach in the one-putt birdie. But, yeah, I didn't think Zalatoris played bad. He simply got outplayed by a guy who's proven that he knows how to finish now with two majors and a, and a player's championship. Right, yeah. And with Zalatoris, I feel like once he gets his first one, win two is not far behind. Like, I'm not, I don't think it was on a Scheffler run, but I could see a smaller version of that happening. I feel you, and I mean, it does seem like it's close, right? Because uh, he's been oh so close. What now in three of the majors or four? I know the PGA. Now we've had. I think he was close in, the, in another PGA to go along with the uh, the one at Harding Park. I think he's got a second at the Masters too. Yeah, he did. Um, and maybe at the U.S. Open, he's had a good finish too. I could be exaggerating that. I don't know. Let's take a look at Willie Z here. Um... Let's see, second of the PGA this year, second of the Masters in 21, fourth of the 2020 U.S. Open. There you go. And then sixth of this year's Masters, sixth of the... Wait, why did I see two 2020 U.S. Opens? Maybe I got the date wrong on one of these. Eighth of the WGC, eighth of the PGA last year. So, yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's close. He's all over it. Eventually, he's going to break through. Um, hopefully he's in some of my lineups when it does happen. Yeah. I know. I think, I think probably the gambling community is tired of betting money and being so close. Like, but we're not missing out on him and I didn't play him. I'm, I got away with that a little bit, but, um, but, um, one other thing that kind of impressed me and it was him and his interview with Dottie Pepper after the playoff. And then even the same thing with Mito Pereira with Amanda Renner after, you know, you know, as the playoff was going on was, how composed these guys are. Like, they sat there, they took the interview, they, it was, you know, disappointed, but Mito even had a laugh, and it was almost, you kind of almost get the sense of the, I know Michael Waldo is a big fan of this, I'm sure, I'm thinking Fantastics does the same thing. It's almost like they understand this is part of the process, where it's painful, the result, but the process is working, and it almost seems like some of these youngsters, I remember Thigala, when he kind of lost at Phoenix, you know, when he missed that playoff, kind of the same thing, like, Really disappointing the result, but they kind of understood that this is part of the process. Like, it almost seems like they kind of they get it. Mito, uh, in particular, because he he had a really good perspective. He said to start the week, I was going to be happy with a made cut, so I had a really good week. It just wasn't my best round of golf today. I'm like, dude, at forty something. 45 now I'd be lighting my golf clubs on fire probably not I mean I'd like to believe I'd show a little bit more composure but my goodness there was a ton of composure Willie Z I would agree as well um he got beat though I mean Pereira melted down to an extent gosh the swing he took too I was like that swing on 18 when he hit the ball I was like god that looks like me when I'm like hung over and I haven't stretched and I'm definitely not as loose as I'm gonna be after 
you know, um, I don't know, a couple of swings in my blood flow. Like the swing just looked so tight. I was like, oh, before I even knew where the ball was going. But uh, he did answer the bell, and there's there's something to be said for that. And that's kind of a golf thing outside of winning and losing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, something that we see that we don't see among our leaders, whether it's government, whether it's um, business, whether it's even sports, um, other sports, you just don't see anybody answer the questions. They always try to deflect blame or try to, you know, he, I mean, at least the golfers, yeah, there's nowhere to hide. Like you're nope. not hiding behind your caddy. It's uh, it's you. And, you know, he even admitted like, you know, Hey, pressure kind of, you know, got to me. And, you know, I mean, we all understand it, but I think he made a ton of fans yesterday. And again, Amanda Renner, uh, she recently got married to Bryn Renner, former quarterback. I don't know. I didn't know that her last I still remember Balionis. I didn't know her new yeah, last I name. I knew she was married, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's recently married. But just the way she kind of asked the questions, and it's almost in a... She's a, good. Yeah, yes. Like, the way she asks, the, the, I mean, she gets it, and I think there's a comfort level people have with her. and Because it's not, you know, she's not trying to do this for a story. I mean, yes, she is, but there's, there's a... You definitely tell there's a sense of understanding and compassion and... You know, I think that just comes a general warmth comes across. She's not Jim Gray shoving a mic in Pete Rose's face after he got on a baseball field for the first time in 20 years. Right. Because even, you know, when DJ... I'm a Reds fan. I'm wearing a Reds t-shirt, by the way, right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just salty about that still. Two decades later. Yeah, that's all right. We all have our grudges. But, like, even when DJ went to Masters, he started... uh, she just kind of let it play off for a little bit, mm-hmm. and so, you know, you know, kind of like she get she gets it. Like I don't, I don't know if she was a communications major in college, or if, I felt like this is almost like a secondary thing. Like she was into golf or something, but she gets it. Like I mean, mm-hmm. and even Dottie Pepper yesterday, you know, a little bit of confidence for Willie Z, and I mean, there's just such a true a true appreciation, like. Even like Steve Sands, he, like he doesn't have that warmth, but you can tell there's a general respect, and it's a different style, but everybody seems to respect it. So, you know, it's it's kind of nice to see that you know they give these players some space, and the players are willing to talk about it. You know, I saw Rory kind of get a little. There were a couple of complaints on Twitter about him not speaking to the media yesterday, but you know what? I think he kind of he's earned it. He's spoken his mind throughout everything. That you know what? Maybe he just wasn't in the mood for it. Maybe he was he was afraid he was going to go all Tiro Hatton on the greens or something. Because he lived after his hot streak, it seemed like he lipped everything out afterwards, man. Well, he was also leaving himself a bunch of forty footers, which that's true. He was definitely not putting them snug. He's almost like he was. Oh wait, I'm playing really well. I'm going to gamble on some of these, you know, this inexperienced top of the leaderboard coming back to me, and almost play a little conservative, but. I don't know. I mean, he's obviously doing a lot more than me. I'm second guessing, and I'm probably—I probably don't know what I'm talking about. So, no, I have no idea. I—I—I—I I, I, uh, I am salty because I was hoping Roy would win because he was ended up after the T wave thing being my main guy. He was my number two last week, but he made—he was my main guy. Yeah, At any rate, enough. I think Rory uh, still has people believing he's going to find one too. Maybe St. Andrews. Maybe, maybe it's Augusta next year, which is of course what he would hope for. I think he's got to win another major before he wins at at, at the Masters, just so because it was it been like eight years now since he last won a major. I think I heard or nine. <laughs> Sounds right. It's either been it's maybe been Valhalla in twenty fourteen. That's so, yeah. 
So he won Kiel in 2012. I think he won the U.S. Open in 2012. I don't know when he won the Open Championship. I don't remember that one either. But yeah, it's been it's been eight years or more. I would say is is a pretty uh, fair statement. Yeah. But no, um, I thought it was an enjoyable term. Well, it was enjoyable for me because I had a really good player pool, and I thought I had a early chance on Sunday as Rory's going off and Harmon is you know. Harmon had like the cycle scorecard front even par in the front nine and four birdies per four bogeys and the Eagles the par five like oh man this things might be coming into play he, and I had Pereira and Young and but then it just kind of leveled off so but overall it was a really good week had the player pool was good and, and for the first time I believe in the four or five years I've played a one and done I actually get a winner at a major so a very good week are you uh, ready to try and continue that. Yes, and it's always a fun little tournament, too. Well, let's get to it. It's the Charles Schwab. It's the Colonial Country Club, Fort Worth, Texas. This is a par 70 again, 7,200 yards. Skeeter, what is it that we're looking at in this course? How similar will it be to the par 70 we just saw this past week at the PGA Championship, Southern Hills? Um, What is it we're looking for here when we go to the Charles Schwab? Well, I don't think – I mean – I guess the similarities are it's a par 70 and there's some trees, but I think it's a little more narrow and it's 300 yards shorter. So kind of makes everybody in play here. Cut is cut is kind of weird. It's uh we've seen under par be the cut. We've seen over par. I think last year was two over. So it is a 120 player field. So top 65 and ties. So you would assume six of six is going to be pretty popular unless a certain combination of chalk or highly used players happens to miss. So got to have six this week. Um, when I look at Tita green approach and putting were the two main ones, like scrambling, not hard to do. You got to be accurate, but I think a lot of players are clubbed down and I'm, you know, I want to say a few years ago, Rom tried the bomb and gouge method. And I don't remember how he finished here. I think, I think he finished. Okay. Uh, let me let me pull up the tournament history here for Rom. I'm He's trying to find one. that for you right Second, now. Second, fifth, miscut, miscut. So, yeah, I think I think he tried to bomb and gouge one his first or second time here, and it worked pretty well. But um, but yeah, um, bogey avoidance I think comes to play. Birdie birdie making will be there. Par fours, particularly 400 450. There's seven of them in that four to 450 range. So I think that's gonna play a role into it proximity is basically from 125 to 175 are the other stats um looking at past winners here zach johnson's won here a couple times spieth has won adam scott so i mean these tend to be justin rose kisner nah so it's kind of your balls your ball striking types that you that are going to um play well here you don't need distance coke rack won here last year i do not remember coke rack I don't particularly either, because um, I had I had a co crack ticket. His first win came in Vegas, I think. Yes, it was um, um, the move. I think it was the move CJ Cup at Shadow. That sounds right. Yeah, because that was a place he had been playing and no one else had. I think, uh, but I haven't had co crack in any other wins, so I kind of don't remember that. There's there is a past champion Skeeter that I cannot believe you have neglected to mention. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, he no longer plays regularly, but your guy, you mean Chris Kirk or uh, your guy, Boo Weekly? Actually, I'm going deep down the rabbit hole here, Skeeter. 
I'm going back to 2004 when Covington Catholics own Steve Flesh won this tournament. He went to the same high school as I did. Oh, well, I mean, all right. Yeah, I was not getting there. I, but I, I also I, do love Rory Sabatini and Boo Weekly, as we are aware. Oh, I forgot I forgot Silver Savs was a uh, winner here. And you see, like, Phil, he's almost kind of the outlier here. Maybe Phil and Scott's, but Sergio's one here, Steve Stricker or something. Kind of that short-hitting ball striker Kisner? Type. Yeah. Uh, Kisner might have been the first one when he won. I think it might have been the first time I hit a winner in one and done. Because I think I used him that week. Made some money on fancy draft too that week when he won. So, so these old sites. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I think I, I might still have the app. Yeah, I'm sure if I clicked on it, nothing would happen. Yeah, I think they got bought out by uh, somebody or Fando. I'm pretty sure. Was it okay? I think so, but I could totally be remembering 13 different mergers. So I don't know that yeah, to be 100 yeah. percent true. Actually, I'm just speaking out of my keister. I still miss Star Street, but uh, and, and I went to Fancy Aces, had success there, and then that folded. So I don't think we're allowed to talk about them, are we? Oh, are we not? I mean, I isn't that I'm... no? See now, see, I'm going to get people confused with which one was which. Um, I don't know. I'm sure we're allowed to talk about them. I don't know. There's we're allowed to talk about whatever we want. First of all, but yeah. I don't mean to say it like that. No, I'm trying to think of the one that. Uh, at any rate, I don't want to think of them, so I won't. Fantasy Aces had some. Um, I won't say fraud issues, but there was some uh, misuse of money. I think. I think that's the one I was thinking of, but I was trying not to get. I was trying not to just say anything stupid. No, I remember that one because, I mean, I mean that's how I kind of got into golf. I played really. I mean, I I had a monster, twenty fifteen or twenty. I think it was twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen on fantasy aces. Like that was. I think it was like top twenty in career wins there. I mean, I was just. I for whatever reason I had that site figured out and the salary and well, it's taking a while to recover from that one. You've been kind of figuring out the uh, the DraftKings lately, though. Let's be it's, honest. Uh, yeah, this year. Well, I mean, last year I was awful. So, um, yeah, I think just I think just kind of going to five lineups for me and kind of really narrowing that player pool has helped because instead of cutting out, you know, the seventh or tenth golfer when I played one or three lineups, I'm now mm-hmm. playing them, and that seems to be working. So, I mean, I'm gonna keep it up. And like last week, I played eight lineups. I think I only played seventeen golfers. Who was the last guy that I cut out? Tom Hoagie. So as he's competing the first two days, I go, like, oh, God, I blew that one. But um, but that's all right. I had a, I guess I had a beat on Southern Hills last week. We'll see if I can do that Colonial. Are we ready to get into the field? Yes. Let's do it. And we'll start at the top. 10K plus. It's Scotty Scheffler. 10, or I'm sorry, 11-2. Justin Thomas, 11K. Colin Morikawa is 10-7. Jordan Spieth, 10-4. Will Zalatoris is 10-1. Victor Hovland is 10K even. Skeeter, you got a favorite for me up here? I do, and I'm afraid he's going to be extremely popular. Um, what, uh, what state are we in again? Good old state of Texas. Yeah, how about a guy who has had a win in five other top tens the past seven years? He's a guy that you and I don't play much, but boy, in Texas it's hard to fade Spieth at 10-4. Um, Mm-hmm. Didn't have the best week last week, but, you know, that's Spieth. Um, by the way, side commentary, can we get him and Hatton in a group so we can just watch them? Uh, you know, <laughs> I saw for, you said that. Forget the commentators, just put mics on both of them and just let them talk. Like, that'd be great. But no, Spieth, I mean, 
Again, shockingly, the worst club in his bag right now is the putter. Like, remember, it's shocking. We've had so many years of him. You know, the putter saved his, saved his driving, whatever. But, I mean, right now, past three six rounds, he's 7th tee to green, 8th approach, 5th opportunity game. Everything else, he's top. He's basically top quarter of the field with the exception of putting. But immaculate course history. One at Heritage, which would be a comp course to this, another narrow, short par 70. 10-4, I hope people kind of are a little turn off of him from last week, I, but I have a feeling that we, the, the DFS community has gotten a little smarter and you know they're willing to forgive or throw things out. But, yeah, early projections on Fantasy National, yeah, he's going to be extremely popular. So if he gets to a crazy one, I might throw it out. But um, right now at 10-4, Spieth is my favorite. I don't have a favorite in this tier because Spieth okay. is my favorite, and I think I plan on trying to avoid the tier. His course history is undeniable, and you can say what you want about you know his performance at the PGA Championship. It's still not the performance we were seeing not so long ago where he was missing cuts. I mean, he was T34. That's not terrible. It's not what you need for a 10-4 buy. Um, I'm just going to avoid this tier altogether, if we're being quite honest. I think uh, – I, I think I may end up getting up here because I'm setting a 10th lineup and I go, you know what? Let me see what it tastes like up there. But Speed's my favorite, but I mean, I'm avoiding this tier. Okay. See, I'm not avoiding this tier. Um, well, where else are you going then? If I have... Justin Thomas is going to be the really intriguing discussion point this week. Um, coming off the win, but... He was second two weeks ago at Byron Nelson, part of that T2. Wins wins at uh, Southern Hills. I mean, stats-wise, he's number one in the last 36 rounds in bogey avoidance, par four strokes gain, opportunities gain, T to green. He's top ten in both proximity ranges. He's third in approach. His worst stat is 29th, and I'm looking at putting from five to ten feet. Um, there's a great, you know... I mentioned Pat Mayo a lot. I listened to a lot of his podcasts. He had a putting, uh, a guy from Number Fire who they kind of took a deep dive into putting. Basically, the conclusion they came up was if you're looking at putting, you look at for it from five to 10 feet because that's probably where some of your par saves come and some of your birdie opportunities. Like that was kind of the quote unquote most predictive putting, putting range, but I mean, it's still not predictable like approach, but it had the most merit to that. So he just rates out so well. How how he's cheaper than Scheffler, I don't know, but mm-hmm. that feels like a little bit of a discount to me. So, I just can't play a guy coming off the major. Because, I mean, the price is right, and I agree, he should be higher than Scheffler. Because Scheffler's course history here, even though I know he's from Texas, is not good. Uh, so, to me, JT should be the number one player here. But I just can't go to a guy coming off of a major... I mean, like, I'm waiting for him and a guy down in the AKs to just withdraw and not be a part of this tournament. I still think it's possible. Now, maybe JT plays here. Maybe JT says, you know what? I've already won a major in a player's. Like, I'm not up all night drinking, partying, and celebrating. I'm back to the work. I don't know. I have no clue. But my first inkling is just to fade a guy who just won a major. So he's my number two. But as I just said, there's tons of reasons for me to fade those one and twos where I just probably stay out of this tier. Right. So I'm trying to look this up real quick. When he won the PGA in 2017, he followed up two weeks later with a sixth of the Northern Trust and won the Dell Championship. Technologies was second the Tour Championship. 
No, that is two one. weeks. That's not the, the next week. I know, I know. Uh, when he won Honda, he, which would be, a, I think, play similar scoring to what Southern Hills did, he was second at WGC Mexico. When he won to St. Jude in 2018, he was sixth at Belle Reve the following week. Um, when he won the BMW in 2019, he was third at the Tour Championship. And he kind of went on a little bit of a run. So I get it this week. I just, boy... And and he he's only played here twice. I see tenth and fortieth, so not not great. But that's going to be an intriguing one for me. And then the other intriguing one at ten one, I think people are gonna, you know people aren't going to play JT because he won. Well, people aren't playing Zalatoris because of the the fact that you know finishing second factor. But he again rates out pretty well. Second tee to green approach, tenth and par four strokes gained and opportunities gained six and bogey avoidance like. His wedge range aren't the best, and he, he putted well enough last week. Like He's from Texas, I believe, originally from this area, so 10-1 for Zalatoris makes sense. Is there a fade for you? It's Scheffler. Um, okay. I think we've kind of seen the peak of him. And he's, I mean, I'm not basing this off of this cup, but we kind of see him come down a little bit. and It's just at 11-2, I just like Thomas better. It's Scheffler for me as well, too, because he's he's been so good that I can see him still getting some popularity, especially with the Texas narrative. And uh, his course history, as I'm trying to like grab it right here, it just simply is not good. Miscut in a 55th. So not good the last two years when he's been becoming that all-world player. So he's my fate as well, too. So I guess we're kind of on the same uh, wavelength, just our usage could be different. Right. What's interesting is, again, very early uh, projections here. Morikawa, Hovland are the top, and Spieth are going to be the top three, and it's a pretty big gap to Shuffler, Thomas, and Zalatoris. So, if the, I mean, if this is the case Wednesday night, and I'm okay with Thomas, it might be just I play him and Zalatoris, and maybe or maybe you know, I play Zalatoris and one of Thomas or Spieth, whatever, however I feel, and maybe listen to some other smart people, and they can tell me their thoughts and kind of go from there. Are we ready to take it to the uh, the next tier? Yes. It's the 9Ks, and we'll start at the top at 9,700, Sam Burns. Max Homa's 94. Abe Answer's 93. Sung J.M. back in action at 92. Tony Finau's 91. 9K even. Daniel Berger, the champ from a few years ago. Skeeter, who's your favorite this time around? Okay, I have a feeling you're going to like this tier a lot more than me. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm indifferent in this tier. Like, I have two guys to be willing to play. The first one's going to be Homa. Um... Continues to play well, and again, the, a tough course just doesn't seem to bother him. We saw him won at Avnell. We saw him won, I mean, he's won at, at Riviera. He's won at Quail Hollow. Those are kind of old, tree-line, traditional-type courses. And he just rates out very well. I mean, he's not good in the 125 to 150 proximity range, which is a concern, but everything else. Uh, six in that putting from 5 to 10 feet, 13th tee degree in approach, 14th in birdies are better, 18th opportunities gained. Um... He's just kind of a solid player. 9,400. Doesn't have a terribly great course history, but he's playing well right now. So I don't have a problem with home at 94. I love this tier. You're right. I mean, obviously, if I'm not getting into the 10K tier, this isn't a major, so I'm not going to load up on 8 and 7Ks all the way. Yeah, I like this tier. I think I'm going to go Abe Answer as my favorite at 9,300. I do like uh, Max Homa as well. We saw a nice little rebound from him, finishing ninth at the PGA Championship. And he's a Texas guy, a Mexican uh, Texan oh, yeah. yep. 
And he's played well here, 14th the last two years out before some 50-somethings uh, the two previous seasons. So give me some Abe answer here. I'm hopeful. I'll be honest with you. When I didn't have him in any of my lineups last week and I saw him lurking, I was like, man, I'm an Abe answer guy too. So he, as I told you, I'm going to go back to the well to some of my old faithfuls. He's going to be one of those guys right here. Yeah, I'm not fully on him yet. But, again, some of this is just maybe I need to dive into him a little bit more after, you know, kind of popping last week because he'd been struggling a little bit before that. He had been. But, you know, good form. I mean, this is his area of the country, and there's always something to be said about that. So uh, good proximity numbers, good putting, and good bogey avoidance. It's just He's just not giving himself many chances at birdie, and his birdies are better or not great either. So, But maybe this, is not, you know, this isn't going to be – I don't think minus 25 is going to win this thing. So, Okay, actually, for yes, minus 25 will win this thing, but I don't think we're going to see multiple players <laughs> approaching that number. I follow you. Um after Homa, who you know I'm on as well, where else are you going? I'm going to go to Fino, 9,100. Um, again, outside the putting, everything is pretty elite. Number one, proximity from 150 to 175. Seventh from 125 to 150. 11th, to Green, 15th opportunities game. Like, he hits all those approach numbers. He, he kind of hits all that thing. He's another one starting to show a little bit of life, and He's got a good history here. He's ne- he's never missed a cut in the six appearances I see. Second in 2019, 20th last year, 2030 year before. Like he he has played well at this course. So I think 9100, somebody who's starting to come on a little bit. He, his stats are right there. Maybe this is a, a good time for Tony. I think my number two. I mean, I'm telling you, I like this tier a lot. I, I don't think I'm going to 10K. I think my number two is going to be Sam Burns. 20th at the PGA Championship, and this guy was on fire, and then he had the win at the uh, at the Valspar, and he kind of cooled off a little bit. Actually, he cooled off before that got the win. He had been on fire really at the end of last year, but he showed some life, got a win. He missed a cut. One was at the Masters, so whatever. He was minus four when he missed the Byron Nelson cut. It's not as if he was terrible there, just missed it. I think that was on the number. Maybe minus five was. Um, so give me some Sam Burns, not exactly from Texas, but also a Southern man. Uh, and I just feel like he's an elite player in this field and I'm wondering if he'll be forgotten about. I know his course history here isn't excellent by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not terrible either. Uh, 31st, three years ago, the last time he played here. His putter has been on fire when he's, uh, played well recently. Um, again, he, he just missed the cut up by Nelson, just missed the cut in the masters. Nothing to really hold against him. I guess for me, Burns kind of gets sandwiched here. Like, I'd rather pay 400 more for Zalatoris or 300 less for Homa. So I That's don't have, fair. I don't have a problem with Burns. I just think he's in the, you know, if he's at 9,200 instead of Sungjae, okay, I'm interested. But he just kind of gets stuck in that little mid-tier. And again, if I like if I liked the 10s as much and I have a couple guys I like in the 9s, he's just somebody I'm not going to get to. Didn't mention him, but you, you made a Honda comp. You said that it's similar to the RBC Heritage. Sung JM's one Honda. He's T21 at RBC Heritage. He'd been playing good. I know he's coming off this coronavirus uh, uh, failed test and you know, missed last week as well as a week in Korea. What's Sung JM doing for you? Uh, he's my fate. Just, I mean, yeah, coming off Corona, now traveling probably, I mean, that's got to be a long flight. Like, where is he at? Like, who knows? He's. If he's 8,200, okay, now this is a discussion, but 
At 9,200, again, I like Fino. I'm not on Burger because I, I, something seems off with Burger. I, mean, I hit a bad PGA. I won't hold that against him, but I feel like he's been fighting some injury. Answer seems to be coming on. Homa, like, he's just in the wrong, wrong price for me. There, like, there's enough guys around him that I like better that I don't feel like I have to take a risk on. I may use all six people. I mean, Burger, you can say what you want about his epic collapse at Honda, which is kind of what it was. Couldn't make a putt outside of like two feet. He still finished fourth at Honda. He's won this event before. Um, outside of the miscut at the PGA, he hadn't been terrible. I mean, he wasn't great at the Masters, but I mean, I could use Barger here too. Like, I legitimately don't have a fade. I, I could use all six players. I really might. Okay. So I'm oh. not. Gonna, I could pick one and name it, but right. It's just it'd be it'd be lip service because because uh, I just don't have one. So uh, should we go to AKs then? Yeah, yeah. So it's weird how you and I are different. Like you and I usually are in the same wavelength, and we don't talk about this beforehand. But uh, we might be taking some different approaches this week, so that might be uh might be some good variety. Good. I mean, you'll be continuing doing doing good, and I won't be. Or maybe it's uh no, because hey, law of averages <laughs> say uh it's your due. Well, I I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Let's get to the AKs where I think I am uh, due to pick a few other players this week, and got a big. Group here, Taylor Gooch is 89, Tommy Fleetwood's 88, Webb Simpson 87, Mito Pereira 86, Billy Horschel 85, Davis Riley 84, Bryson DeChambeau 83, Jason Kokrak 82, Kevin Nas 81, Bubba Watson is out at 8K, but he's out. He is uh, out for the next month and a half, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was supposed to come play John Deere as well. Oh. Well, you're not going to have any uh, Bubba Goff out there. I'm sorry. Oh. No Bubba Crafts. None of that happiness going on. Oh. But you could pick a favorite player out of this AK tier that's not Bubba and make yourself a little happier. All right. So this is more of a recent form type of play. He's over 36 rounds. He doesn't rate very well. So I'm not going to be quoting his stats. But over the last 12 rounds, he's fifth in my model. Over the last eight rounds, second, first over the last four rounds. So, again, obviously there's some... There's some, you know, definitely recent bias. He's got two, he's got three top tens and a 13th in his past six starts. I mean, we're talking about all this youth here. We probably shouldn't forget about Davis Riley, 8,400. Um, good birdie maker, so, and good bogey avoidance, so that's probably a nice combination here. Um, he's been gaining strokes on approach. Putter has been good. Off the tee has been good, like... He's playing really well right now, and as I said, the shorter-term models look a lot better than longer-term, but 8,400 for a guy who's in form, and, you know, he does have some upside. He, he can birdie it, too. I mean, he was terrible at Heritage, which is, again, not good for considering this is a comp course, but I think Davis Riley's one I'm going to have to look into a little bit more. I got to go with Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. Tommy Fleetwood looking good last week. Had played RBC Heritage well, by the way. Uh, was 10th. He was 14th at the Masters, 16th at Valspar. I mean, the only term he hasn't been good out here recently since going back to the Honda, which I think he's pretty good at Honda too, right? Yeah. He just didn't play well there this year. I thought so. Uh, that all stacks up. The one problem is the one he didn't play good was the one in Texas, the AT&T Byron Nelson. But you know what? I'm going with Tommy Fleetwood right now. I think he is a top-tier player, and he seems to be finding it. Maybe this is that final um, first, not final, but he finally gets it done, that first win here in the States. Irons have been good. Um, 
even at Heritage, he lost off the tee, made an all-up putting, but for the most part, he's been pretty solid all around. He was number three, but again, I, I kind of have to dig into Davis Riley a little bit, and and my other guy I want to play here is apparently going to be extremely popular, so that's a concern. Um, No, I have no problem with Tommy here. Who is that other player you want to go to? Well, I'm, I'm going to need him in our league. It's uh, Kevin Na at 8,100, former winner. Short courses, I mean, this kind of fits Kevin Na. Third, mm-hmm. I mean, he's third and fifth in a proximity from 125 to 175. Good approach. Good opportunities gained. Maybe not the best par four score, which could be a little bit of a concern, especially once we get to potential ownership. But from eight, from the eight to 50 rounds, he's top 20, and he's actually top 25 across all rounds. So 8,100 is a fair price. But, again, if he gets – He's he could potentially get you know crazy owned at that point. I think it's a it's a game theory fade. I like Riley. Obviously, the recent form has got to be very good. So I'm interested in him. I don't know that he would be my number two. There's two other guys that I think fit the bill here that I'm going to be interested in. Taylor Gooch. Uh, he's played decent here, coming off 20th at the PGA Championship. I'm feeling some good momentum there, so I might go with him as my number two. But Webb Simpson's got his name all over this place right now. And after the T20 at the PGA Championship, I'm not saying I'm running to Webb, but it makes some sense for me. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, he he gained strokes all around. Um, really first kind of popping form that we've seen. Like the putter, the putter has been really letting him down. So if he has that figured out, he, that might be onto something. Um, I get it. I mean... With a with a heritage comp, you know, certainly fits, but I think I'd rather pay 100 more for Tommy. Fair enough. I have a feeling I'll be, again, if I'm not going into the 10Ks and I set 10 lineups, which I likely will, I'm going to be pounding 9K and 8K, so I'm going to be all over a lot of these guys. Yep, I get it. Anything else on the positive before you want to give me the negative? No, and I have a feeling you and I are going to be on the same negative. I'm like sure we are. Maybe not. I mean, there's two here. One's a scare factor. The other is just, where have you been, Bryce at the Shambo? Because until, uh, until we see him actually play, um, I'm, I can't consider him. I absolutely cannot consider Bryson. He is my fade. He did finish third here in 2020. Um, but other than that, it's not been so good. Missed cuts. He was 42nd at 20 in 2018. So Bryson's got one blip on the radar at this place through five tries and a positive. He couldn't go for the PGA championship. I'm not centering my lineups around some guy who couldn't go a week ago for a major thinking that he's all of a sudden got it for this week. I don't believe he's going to play, frankly. Right. I don't either, but I mean, he says he's close. I mean, he's, I think he's in the Dallas area, so he can probably wait an extra little bit, but, but but you know what? I mean, as much as we're bashing Bryson, at least he came out Wednesday. Wednesday and said, "Look, look, I'm not playing. I don't want yeah. to hold off until Thursday. You know, and, you know, keep Denny McCarthy waiting, who deserves to play. And McCarthy actually made a cut too, and I think he played okay. So I thought that was I thought it was a nice move of Bryson by realizing, you know what, I could wait. I could try to wait till tomorrow, but you know what, it's not fair to fair to uh, McCarthy, and he probably knew he wasn't going to play. So you know, why why chance it? A slight show of self awareness from Bryson." This could be progress, Skeeter. I think he has more than we think. It just doesn't come out very often or he's awkward about it. 
Awkward is one way to put it. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Um, you didn't mention Mito. He's been on fire. You obviously plucked him last week, and he was a good play. Uh, he was T30 at Honda. He was T26 at RBC. 8600 isn't a bad price, would you dare? No, I mean, again, we were talking about, I talked about earlier about the process, and he seems to get it, but, boy, we how many times have we seen somebody who's coming off this, just that heartbreak at a major, and it takes a while. I mean, I'm not sure Frankie's recovered from his water ball no, on 12. No, he hasn't. I mean, he is not. So, and expect a young guy. I mean, there's two ways. Either either Pereira is completely affected by this, or he's too young to kind of fully understand what happened, or he, or he's just super optimistic, takes the positives, and has a good support system. Because I know um, Neiman was around him. I think Munoz was around him trying to comfort and talk with him afterwards yesterday. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. He has the attitude that maybe he's okay, but I kind of want to wait and see. And as I said, there, you know, Davis Riley, Kevin Na, maybe even defending champ Kokrak around. Um or Fleetwood, like it just it's there's enough other options here that I don't want to force this one. If Mino Pereira is seventy three hundred again, then, then okay, I'm playing him, but it's not eighty six. Fair enough. Are you ready to go to seven K? Yep. I've got some names I'm interested in, Skeeter. I don't know about you. Is there one that stands out as a must play out of this group at seven K? So maybe the reason why I'm not as big in the East is I like this upper seven range. Um I do too, actually. You know, I, he was my last guy out last week, but I'm just going to keep going to Tom Hokey, who just continues to play well. Ninth tee to green, sixth in approach, fourth in opportunities gained, seventh in par fours, fourth in bogey avoidance. Doesn't really do anything wrong. And then even over, you know, again, over all models, he's top 25. He's third over the last 50 model rounds for me, fourth in over the last four, fifth over the last eight. Like, he's just playing really well. What is his history here? I realize it's a different hoagie. Yeah, two straight missed cuts. Best ever finished the 17th. But this feels like a different hoagie. And I, I'm going to have a hard time not playing him at 7,600. It's also a guy who finished 17th here back in 2016. So some good memories as well. Dude, Tom Hoagie, absolutely on my short list of players as well. He was a guy I was thinking about betting. And he was he was very likely going to be one of my uh, final players choices here as my as my top play here um but you took them and that's okay because there is as you said the top tier is pretty good <sighs> honestly i want to play the top four guys before the vampire i like all four of them i've been riding the top two pretty frequently uh and it's hard to argue the form but i guess i'll go brian Harmon as my favorite here his course history is off the chain showed a little bit last week t34 i mean he's been good for a little bit out, he was 35th at RBC Heritage, did not make the cut at Honda, although he was plus three, so he was not terribly bad there. Brian Harmon's been playing some decent golf. I'm going to go with Brian Harmon as my favorite, but all four guys at the top of this tier I'm I'm very much going to use. What if I told you Harmon was the most popular right now? It could be like one of the eight most popular plays at all this week. Well, that doesn't make me like it as much, but I'm more likely to get on a popular guy there, I think, than I would be uh, up at the top. I don't know, man. I, I'm avoiding some of those other guys that you talked about up top because of their popularity. I still think I'll use them. I'm trying to find that number at the book right now. I thought it was pretty enticing, too. 
I mean, I get it. I, I just, yeah, I don't know what to. Oh no, he's only thirty-three to one. He's right. He's he's the same number as Tony Fino at the book I go to. Okay, sorry, I'm taking Fino. Wow, well, uh, that uh, we're talking, but Fino's in nine K. Harmon's in seven K. So I'll have to see where he is at the other uh, at the other places. I'm only looking at one site right now, but uh, so I'm not going at the book. Um, I'm not surprised he's gonna be highly owned. But then I get, I guess, uh, sorry, this is just pure game theory. I'm talking, thinking of here. If I'm playing Zalatoris and Thomas, and they're not real popular, then I can afford a Chalky mm-hmm. Brian Harmon. But the thing is, around him, Gary Woodland's got a good history. Chris Kirk, I mean, he backdoored a top t- or not backdoor, but he kind of hung around all week for a top ten. Varner's mm-hmm. been playing well, and even Munoz, good score. Not sure Southern Hills was his type of tournament, but I sort of say like you know, and I'm I'm not on Rose, even though he's got a good history here. But yeah, for this range from Woodland to Hoagie, uh, there's going to have to be some decisions made here, I think, and I'm have to kind of start throwing some you know tiebreakers in, but. It's and even even early uh, ownership kind of projects that this is going to be a very popular range. So we'll see. I could see myself. I don't know that I'm going to go as crazy as say I could just go heavy in this range and leave a thousand dollars on the table. But I could see myself getting in this spot a lot too, which is again probably what keeps me out of the 10ks very often. You mentioned those top four guys, dude. I could go Bazaden Hoot. I could go CT Pan before we start getting to the uh, guys under 7500. So, Bazetin, who would say, I feel, I feel like, you know, he was good at the start of the season, but he hasn't really done much. I looked at C.T. Pan. I will use him in our league. I just don't know if he has the upside right now to that, you know. Because remember, this is also 120 players and 65 and ties make it. So, I don't know if he has the upside that I want to play. Like, if this is a more of a deeper field, sure. But I don't know if that's one I really want to go to. Fair enough. Um, we threw some names out there. Is there any other other guys you wanna you wanna th- toss out there? By the way, I just I just built. Okay, so I just threw this together. Like, okay, what would this be if I played Woodland, Kirk, Varner, Harmon, Hoagie? These are kind of the five and eight tier that I like. I have eleven k left over for Justin Thomas or Zalatoris at ten one, and I could upgrade somebody else. You want to talk about like a semi balanced build without? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that. Oh boy! Uh, wish we got more Millie Maker tickets for this one. Um, <laughs> God, I might want to play more of this than I do um, Major some sometimes. Sorry, that was, sorry, I just got sidetracked on that one. Um, not a, not a problem at all. I mean, co co winner or co leader of the uh, I believe he's still co leader. Yeah, of the Dallas U.S. Open qualifying sectional, Matthew Neesmith. Uh, he rates out decently well for me um just solid across all ranges maybe the par fours from 400 450 are slight issues um jj spawn i'm gonna have to dig into this one more good tita green par fours yeah he's average but 7100 that's fine stewart sink i mean he's been playing a little bit better recently had a nice uh nice pga he's won at heritage so that kind of fits ninth ninth at wells fargo so he's starting to kind of come on the irons are coming back after a little cold stretch to start the year. So that I don't mind. And then Nate Lashley pops. Was he, where did he pop up at? Um, yeah. Top 20, 10th uh, over the last 24 rounds, top 25 over the last 36 rounds. Uh, 17th at Byron Nelson, 11th at Mexico, 18th at Valero. So he seems to like this uh, area of the country this year. So that's another play there. And then 
Maybe after uh, another good performance at the U.S. Open qualifier, maybe I go back to Kitayama? Or is he, in the, is he in the sixes? I didn't think he was in the seven Ks unless I scrolled past him already. Where is he at? I'm sorry, I might be jumping. In the... Oh, he's 6,400. Oh, good grief that I missed that one. Okay, sorry. We'll hold off on Kitayama for now. That's okay. So you didn't mention a couple of names. EVR? He's been kind of hot and cold, but when you look like you look at the hot spots, T10 at RBC Heritage yeah. uh, is one well, of them. So, Sony, which would be another kind of semi comp. I'm not going to go to EVR. Um, hey, at least when he missed the cut this year at the PGA, he didn't take out a T marker. Well, we're not allowed to talk about PGA Championship T markers. <laughs> 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 and yes, they were certainly lining the driveway once again this year, as they oh, always yeah. do. Um, <laughs> what about Troy Merritt, dude? Seventh here last year, 17th several years ago, also at that 7300 price that EVR is. He's not been great, but he was 12th at RBC Heritage if we want to get really crazy with the whole comp thing. Um, it's all putter for him right now. Like, Okay. I mean, he, he, he's, he's losing strokes on approach, all except Valero and Valspar. So basically, when he starts with a V, he's been fine, and this uh, does not start with a V. But his putters has been on fire, so when I see those, like, he's making cuts, but that does worry me a little bit. I think I could use Brendan Todd and Ryan Palmer, too. Palmer's in Texas. He's been so hot and cold, but he's cheap. He's been good here at times. Seems like this could be a Brendan Todd kind of place, too. Yes, Brendan Todd, I think, was eighth last year, if I remember that right. Um, uh, you know, I didn't even look at that course history. I was just looking at yeah, he was players down at the bottom year. here. Has a fifth at another point. Um. Yeah, Ryan Palmer is going to be narrative street here this week because he's a member here at Colonial, so that always gets talked up every single year. I'm not on him, but I get it. I think that's almost all the 7K guys that I like because that's like, I don't know, 15. Um, I like some 7Ks here. What can I say? Again, helps me avoid the 10Ks too. I'm going to mention one, one other guy who I don't think I'll get on. I think right now this is a pure tournament history play. Even though he, he's made two cuts in a row, 33rd at Mexico, 46th at Byron Nelson, but pretty good track record here. Eighth a year ago, has a third. A 7K Emiliano Grillo would be one that maybe you kind of keep an eye on. I've tried to play him lately. It's just... Hmm. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, but maybe yeah. that's why I'm saying, uh, cause I've tried to play him lately. So I've been feeling the pain. Maybe that now's the time to pounce. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Uh, just, uh, just something to kind of throw out there. That just, uh, that caught my eye looking at tournament history and he's made two cuts in a row. So, I mean, he's starting to come around a little bit, but yeah, I think that could be a little, uh, a little bit on the riskier side. Who are you fading here? Um, is there a TPC? Is, is this a TPC course? It's, it's not. Okay, so then that's no, I'm not playing Cagely. Um, okay. Coming off his coming off his win at Byron Nelson, he he just still doesn't rate out very well in the approach and other categories. So it's not TBC, so it's not Cagely for me. I don't know if I can fade the guy. I was just going to say, but Justin Rose has an impeccable course history as well, and he's coming off of a T13. He was going to be my fade because I like all the names around him. Yeah. God, can I fade him? I mean, he's not. I'm not using him yet, but um, 
I'm not going to call him a fade. Let's go a little bit deeper and let's stay in the same country. How about Ian Poulter? Okay, fine with me. Uh, Poulter more of a fade. Aaron Rye's actually a guy. If you really want to stay in the country, I'm fading Englishman here is what it seems like. Um, because Aaron Rye is a guy that I was enjoying playing, but I look back at uh, Honda. He didn't play too well. He didn't play RBC Heritage. He's not playing his best right now. So um, there you go. I gave you a couple. So I'm sure it's not a winning bet. So in other words, you're saying uh, you, you just take Tommy for top Englishman and uh, move on? Yeah, I think I like that a ton, actually. I have to see what that boils down to, because I am going to make my bets tonight a little early before those numbers move on me, because God forbid I don't get Bobby uh, Mack at 250 to one, and he doesn't matter anyway. Oh, yeah, don't uh, like, yeah, don't worry. It's like, oh, going the – no, yeah, going in the weekend, okay. Nope, he faded. I was like, oh, hey, I got Ryan Fox for some top ten. No, that didn't work out. Same, along with Max Homa, who I had a win and top seven on. I was like, I actually had some action when I woke up in the morning and – uh, by the time the leaders teed off, I was like, you know, I just don't. I, I still believed Homa could make a run, but I knew it was an absurd uh, belief that I shared because, oh, because I'm an absurd belief in my uh, my bets. I don't see a top English English uh, golfer yet. Well, we'll see. We'll see when we get there. But yeah, I actually like Tommy quite a lot there. As I look down to it, I can't imagine it pays that much for him. We'll see. Boy, we, we've now reached the day where. Um... Troy Merritt is shorter odds than Harmon, Rose, Palmer, Hoagie. Wait, we didn't mention Kevin Kisner, did we? Not really. I wrote him down, and we mentioned him on the Open. We were talking about players that have won here and the type of player that wins here. I mean, he just missed it at at uh, the PG, which did not, did not suit him. Just missed at Heritage. Didn't play Byron Nelson. Yeah. Gosh, he's a hundred to one at the book I go to. That's better than the number I got. I'm, that's I'm, that's I'm, worth taking a look. I've cashed a Kisner ticket before. I am at eighty. Um, your boy Ricky's eighty to one. I think Ricky's a hundred as well, and I'm thinking about being stupid. Troy Merritt's ninety. I mean, Patrick Reed's a hundred. I've got Reed at eighty. I'm staying away from him. What's your number on Hoagie? I've got sixty-six on Hoagie. Let's see, Hoagie is 70. Okay. I'd take the extra finishing position on a top six to instead of a top five with that, maybe. We'll see. Decisions that will still be made as I make the trek out west uh, soon here. I mean, by the way, I'm showing your boy Charlie at 250 to one. I think he's even crazier uh, where I look. He's 350 to one, but this book forces you to make, I think, a minimum of a $5 bet. I hate to say this. ABC is still in effect. But he's gotten to the point where he's such a long odds player that I'm putting like a dollar, two dollars on him on, online instead of <laughs> instead of the actual like he's with my other bets. He's now a side bet. Um, but it's if sad. You, if he win, if you put two bucks on him and he wins, you're not going to be mad that you didn't put five on him. You're because you're. I mean, you're the built-in happiness. I'm still yeah, correct. I'm still going to be exactly. I'm not only going to be pocketing that seven hundo, but it's going to be a seagull victory. So it'll be beautiful in its own right. And then you can just you know, use that money to bet on the first-round leader at Augusta next year. First-round leader, bro. We're taking that whole green jacket home this time. First-round leader and winner, double? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's a correlation play to that. They might not let you make it. No, oh, that's true. I've tried to make some soccer parlays before in the in same game uh, that they wouldn't allow. Oh, that sucks. Mm. They didn't hit when I went to that game, so it was okay. okay. It was FC Cincinnati, and I was betting on goals. That was a bad idea already. <laughs> Actually, they're much better this year, um, but I digress. 
Uh, shall we take it to the seven or the six case? Yes. I don't know how much I get here. We'll see if you've got some plays that push me in this direction. I mean, I just threw one out. One out. He's like, oh, is he the seventh? No, he's sixty four hundred. Kitty Yama. Um, yeah. Oops. Um, I got a couple names here. Steven Yeager pops in as far as the shorter term models. Um, he was thirtieth at Byron Nelson, sixth at Wells Fargo. 15th at Mexico. Irons are there. Off the tee. Man, not great. Around a green has been a little reliant on, but, you know, again, we're down here in the sixes. Like, Jaeger kind of, you know, he he meant something to me. I'd have to dig more into your boy Silver Sabs. Uh, he's kind of showing a little bit of form, former winner here. But then the only other guy, and again, I mean, hasn't let me down a couple times I've played him, is uh, Austin Smotherman at 6,300. He's got back-to-back top 25s. Like, if we're going to talk about cheapies here, uh, 6,300 for him. I mean, 11th in approach, 9th in opportunities gained. Maybe not the best par 4 player, but 6,300, I mean, heck, if you can get a 30th, you know, he's in contention. So, those are kind of the names I popped out. I'll probably end up with somebody else at some point, but those are just a few for me. Charlie Hoffman does have a good course history here. He was uh wasn't he third in a recent uh year? I think he was. Yeah, this is he. I mean, he does without me knowing this. You'd think I just know his course history for every course in the country off the top of my head. <laughs> he was third last year. Okay. Uh, third last year. He's also had a thirteenth, a twenty fourth, a tenth. He's had. He's only had one miscut. Um, he's playing terribly. I'll use him. It's hard for me to say he's my favorite. Uh, Saeed Thagala hasn't been as good lately, but. At 6,500, I'll probably be interested in him. Of course, I'm always tracking him because he's on our. Uh, he's I have him in our fantasy league. I remember you uh, took him. I was like, oh. well, you got Cam Young, so trust me, you're doing. You're better okay, off. Okay, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, there's a couple names up top. Kevin Streelman is 6,800. I think uh, he's had some success here. Doug Gim was 14th here a year ago at 6,700. So those are guys I'm considering if I want to get extra uh, loaded up on the 9Ks, which I probably will from time to time. Gim's putter is still a major issue, but irons are good. Just missed at Wells Fargo. Valero, that was all putter. Okay. All right. So you got me. I can, I can uh, give Gim some more consideration. I don't think I've got anything else after that. And honestly... I don't know. I mean, again, for me, it'll have to be a lot of like four or three 9K guys, heavy 9K to get down here because I like seven, seven, eight, nine. I just really like this week. Um, maybe more so than normal. I don't know. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, there's always some merit into a balanced lineup. Like if you don't like the upper 10, if you don't like the 10s, you don't like the sixes and go balanced. I mean, I don't think it's ever a bad strategy. Got anything else for me here? I don't. All right, well, um, who are you fading in the 6Ks? Oh, um, you know what? Even though he's on my team, I might have to play him this week if I don't have others. Uh, Higo. Oh, my God, dude. I was just looking at him in that streak of missed cuts. That's who I was going to fade, and I thought I was bringing something unique to the table because he's a multiple-time winner, too. Oh, man, I did not expect you to steal Higo from me, but there I you mean, go, dog. Unless this is being played at the Canary Islands um, or Palmetto. Um, it's been bad lately. That was my fade, too. I almost have to come up with a different one. I'll fade Brent, Brent Snedeker. 
Brant Snedeker. Has he won here before? I don't know. Probably. Wouldn't that be funny? I mean, it feels like, I mean, this feels like his type of course. Oh. Yeah. Bunch of missed cuts. 18th at Valero. We're like, where in the world did that come from? He did finish second here in 2015, did Brant Snedeker. Okay. Okay. Uh, so he's actually got a decent course history. I guess if you were really deep diving, he's he makes the cut here. I don't know if he does it this year, though. Yeah. Are we done with the DraftKings portion here? Yes. You normally don't like this conversation, Skeeter, but apparently it's, it's my turn not to like this conversation. And we're going to talk one and done. Skeeter, I'm in 2,466th place. Cam Smith and his 9% usage last week got me 253,000, unfortunately. That was way more than Will Zalatoris got me the week before. Boy, if only I'd used Will Zalatoris this week, and I could have used anyone last week. Oh, well. Yeah, well, when you when you hit when you hit a major winner for one and done, that kind of works out pretty well for you, so... Um, I'm at 627 place. I'm cashing. Like this is a first. I love it. Good for you. Um, so this means I actually should sell. I guess I gotta start playing smart again here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I JT know. was a smart pick. It's not like you went off the board there. No, no. But you know, I was you know I was getting ready to start throwing some darts at these things. Um, you know what? I might just Jordan Spieth. Okay. I don't know um, why all of a sudden I'm Team Tommy, but I just clicked on Fleetwood. Now, the fact of the matter is, I can't use Spieth, Zalatoris, Answer, Finau, Songjay, Kokrak. So it's like kind of like between Tommy, Webb, you know, I, I'm fading the 10K tier. So I'm not going to turn to Scheffler or JT or Morikawa or Hovland right now for me. So it's like Burns, Homa, Tommy. It's kind of where I'm at. I don't have a problem with Tommy. That's where I'm going right now. We'll see if it sticks to that. Um, I don't know that I'd want to switch to Chris Kirk. He would be my pivot, probably. What about Harmon? He's there as well. He's he's there as well. I don't know. He's there as well. I would be. I would probably just. I think I'm just going to stick with Tommy. Okay. But we'll see. I did switch last week. I forget who I switched from. I think I switched from Roar. No. I don't know. I switched to Cam Smith because of the T-Wave. It might have been Rory I switched from. Oh, no. Don't tell me it was Justin. Don't tell me it was Justin that I switched from. I don't even remember, and I don't want to think about it, but it was a T-Wave switch that I switched to Cam Smith. I think I meant to change what I wanted to to Rory, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> I love it. You meant to, but you didn't, and that was the winning move. See, that's what I do. Stick with your gut, kids. That's what I tell my kids on tests. You're right. You're right about that. You are right about that. Well, Skeeter, you got anything else for the Charles Schwab Challenge? I do not. Um, I don't think I do as well either. Um, gosh, I hope I'm feeling as good about this player pool come Saturday, Sunday as I am right now. Yes. I mean, I would love I'd love to be in that position too. And, you know, we got to have a sweat together. Like, we just got to both be in contention and kind of go from there. Well, I would agree that that is my hope and my dream. Let's hope it becomes a reality, my friend. Sounds good to me. Well, Skeeter, I appreciate your insight tonight. I appreciate everybody for listening. Good luck to you. Good luck to everybody. Um, let's bring home a winner. Let's, let's, keep, let, let's keep those screenshots flowing, bro. Sounds good to me.
For Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. Appreciate you all listening. This has been the Fantistics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.